This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. All right. You rushed that at the Aikido of Fresno. Yeah, get it, get it out there. Don't you guys love hearing that intro every every time when we start? Yeah, yeah. really, yeah. really gets me going. <laughs> Puts it in a the proper headspace to be yeah. able to then talk about everything that is. Yeah, the martial <laughs> art of Aikido. Everything that is it. <laughs> the way that Josh said that right now, he had a knowing smile. Oh on yes, his face. I was like, ooh, I'm gonna say something really clever in about three, two. <laughs> <laughs> Brace yourselves, That's in like that when, when someone tries to tell a joke, but they can't stop laughing to tell yeah, the joke. Yeah, yeah, often uh, fall into that category. Yeah. Uh, so, I we we did a little bit of pre gaming uh, before pushing the button. And I think we have a pretty good topic, or at least one that we all seem kind of like, not passionate about, but definitely like interested, ver- inter- verbose. I was gonna say, or like you know, will able to talk. For I a while. I think we're verbose every single day yeah. of our lives collectively. So, come on, uh, but I don't, uh, Chris. You probably will be able to frame it best for us. Boy, it's, it's a hard thing to frame. Um, <laughs> That's why he passed it off to you. That's yeah. correct. That is yeah. correct. So, That's why I said you'd be the best. Uh, I've, I've been doing a lot of work on this uh, on my own lately, like trying to clarify this stuff. And, and I think I'm getting a pretty good handle on it. Um, so there's there's all this stuff that we have a real hard time talking about as martial artists. And one of the things is when we use the term real, right? And so like, you know, like uh, what'll happen in a real yeah. fight? Yeah, Would yeah. that work for real? real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, or like the street or whatever. Yeah. So so what we're trying to point at is that we know that there's a difference between training stuff and what's going to happen in quote unquote yeah. reality, right? Um, and that's a horrible way to say it because I mean, it's always real. Everything's right. always real. real. Yeah. It's like um, when the kids, is that sword real? Yeah. And it's like, well, taps, can you touch it? Yeah. It's it, here. Yeah, what are you talking about? Is, I mean, do other people see it? You know, like, yeah, yeah, it's real, man. Um, so, so I think that's a part of this, this, this problem and, and then understanding what training is supposed to do. So, so training is kind of meta in the sense that it's like, there's something going on in training that isn't actually what's happening right now, but we're hoping that what's actually happening right now will prepare you for a situation that is like the meta of what we're assuming, right? So, you know, if we staged a, a mugging at a martial arts school, like we're like, okay, Rick, you're going to be the mugger and you're going to have a gun and you're going to go up to him and Bill's going to be at the ATM machine and and play that out, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, look, Rick doesn't really want to steal from Bill. He doesn't even want to hurt Bill. He has no, he, he likes Bill. They're partners, right? They're training buddies. But there's a, there's a fake situation going on, a situation that we're pretending and we're hopefully the skills we built in those two negotiations negotiating that situation would help us if someone actually was mugging us at the mm-hmm. ATM machine, yeah. right? And it's funny because you explaining this right now, I'm sure all of our listeners are like, yeah, I know what training right. is. Right, yeah, like, I know what training is. We this makes sense. Uh, yeah, right. what's, so what's the, what's the point? Like, right. But it gets complicated. It gets complicated real fast because, so for example, there are things that, you know, Rick can do uh, to Bill in the situation that he actually couldn't do to a mugger. And if they wanted to win that exchange, 
he would win the actual exchange that is between Rick and Bill that they're pretending to be doing something, but wouldn't work in real life, right? So, for example, he could go, he could go, you know, like, hey, uh, Rick, um, you forgot your your wallet in the car, right? And like in, in that situation, that's true because Bill right. saw Rick leave his wallet in the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. there, there is um. There's the reality of the situation, which is us pretending to do a thing. Right. And then there is what would actually happen. And so, so and and a really like a clear way to see this is uh and I think a way that we often see it when we start training is in this situation, um Bill could just punch the mugger until he's done uh and and be done with it. Right. And that's fine because the mugger can't actually shoot him because it doesn't actually have a real gun. Right, that's right. And or doesn't, isn't uh, really prepared, you know. But I could do that because that is something that I can do in the training. Right, right, right. right, right. And yeah. so this is where we start getting into this thing of like, if we don't understand what the training is for, then we're going to start doing crazy stuff that wouldn't. Right. So if we had, if uh, we. Yeah. We had a training that was like, hey, what would it be like to face a guy with a real sword? Okay. Now, we could run the training where every time the guy with the real with the the fake sword because we we wouldn't want to train with the real sword. So I mean, the meta could, situation We could train with the real sword and, right, right. and cut people's limbs off. Sure, we could. Yeah, and we've decided we, as a group we don't want to do that. <laughs> right. Okay. So but we do want to know what it would be like maybe to face a live sword. So we get a foam sword and we say okay, that's a live sword. Now, one way we could treat that is Anytime that sword hits you, you're done and you stop, right? Now, to some people, that's a very realistic engagement because the person attacking would have fear of the weapon because any way it touches them, they would be out of the game. And so, oh, that would be good. But the problem with that is in real life, sometimes people get their arm cut off and don't stop at all because they're driven to get someone, right? right? So, you know, if if every time if we had, you know, artificial weapons, uh, every time I shoot you with my airsoft gun, you've got to fall down and die. Well, in real life, I might shoot you 15 times and you never stop, right? So, so that's not very realistic in one sense because treating the weapon as if it always is going to do absolutely mortal damage instantly, that's not what happens in real life. Okay, we could also play the game where the sword does nothing. And because the sword does nothing, well, if your weapon didn't affect the person, they would still get to you and hurt you, right? Um, but that is bad because then it trains our attackers to not care about what would happen with the weapon. And then that's not a real engagement either because if you had a real sword menacing someone, they wouldn't just run at you. They they would go, oh shit, I don't want to get cut by that sword. So the truth lies somewhere between in the middle of those two games. Um, And so what happens is anytime we create training scenarios, there's this question of how hard do I go? How hard should I try? What am I attempting to do? And then if, you know, the thing is win at any cost, then it's like, well, you'll pull all kinds of shit that you couldn't pull in real life that would matter in real life and if if the thing is oh well you know err on the side of you know being extra cautious well then the the person doing the drill gets away with all kinds of shit that they might not be able to get away with in real life it's interesting because i think it, it would be pretty obvious i think to most most people i think there's some people that would still make this mistake but in the situation of rick and bill at the atm machine that we're running right mm-hmm. um it's pretty clear that if uh rick said to bill or whoever's the <laughs> protagonist the antagonist, antagonist yeah. protagonist right um if rick said blah 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 and like name dropped the guy's wife or something he's mm-hmm. like well 
that is clearly outside of what could really happen because you guys don't know each other in, right. this situa- in right. the situation we're playing at. So we could all agree, go, uh, that's not, you're, you're, you're breaking the rules of the game. Right. And, and the rules are created to simulate something that's happening. Right. Now, I think this happens more often with people who they break the rules of time within the game right. or they right. tell the future, however you want to say right, that. Right, right, right. I know where this is going to go. So, so I jump to the, the end. And so what Josh was saying. Without even knowing it. Right. right. Rick just pulls out his airsoft gun and shoots Bill right, right away and goes, right. oh, I knew that guy was going to attack Direct me. Direct action. Right. Too right. quickly. And it's like, okay. And I think more people will and have. I mean, I think I we've all probably made this mistake in some way where it's like your unconscious mind goes, quick, do the thing because you know what's going to happen. Right. And I think an, an even greater uh, and more difficult way that people break these rules that is harder to see is speeding up or going being stronger right or like forcing using more power right and those are ones that people also use where we've set a cap on how fast right. or how hard you can go and people go beyond that so this, right this always this tends to happen i think in in forms or in uh, Geowaza when we're doing like sort of, uh, I mean in Geowaza generally, but especially if we're doing sort of a light, slow Geowaza, where um, because you know, because you're going at a speed that allows it, you can uh, overcome something using speed and or force. Right. Speed because you're not moving at your top capacity and force because the other person is not actively fighting you. Right. right? But the problem is that what you're simulating is you moving at top speed. Right. And you operating at top speed. Right. You cannot go faster than you can go. Right. That's right. right. It's 100%. So if you're moving, if you're giving an attack, and you see this all the time, someone's giving an attack at one pace, and then when they get to the moment where they really need to attack, the hand shoots out super fast and they grab it. You're not the Flash. You can't right. do. You can't go faster like, than you can go. Right. right. You can't do super speed. You know, uh, move normal and then suddenly do super speed, which is what's happening there. But I think that's something that people can't. What? It's very hard to discern as you're going through the thing, so they don't necessarily understand what's happening. They just know like, oh, I suck at this, or I'm not very good, or it feels weird. Right. And they right, don't know right. why, or it's very difficult, and they don't know why. Well, the reason why is because. Especially like for Geowaza, for Aikido, like you, the interaction is not matching. You know, the interaction, yeah. you're not actually having an Aiki interaction because there's no harmony because um, you're continuing to fluctuate your speed and force and, and, and blah, blah, blah. The speed, That's how I see it a lot of times when, it, when it's playing out. I think the speed one is particularly insidious because... It's so easy to just go a little faster once you, you know, once you see the blend that you're about to make or the technique that you're about to do. It's so easy to just speed up a little sure. to, to make it sure. work real nice. And it's hard because especially I think like as you go higher in the ranks, like you can use that to really make things come off super nice. And so then people go, "Wow, that was so good. What a great coat of gaish. Like you put it on so nicely and it's like you did, but like you pushed the speed past what we've set as the top speed. Right. And and it's a little funky, you right, know, and the right, better right. your uke is at keeping a constant speed and not ramping with you, the better it makes you look because you can go fast. You're just choosing to go faster than them. Right. Um, but it's just so it's so easy to make that mistake. And the other way that you say that is, is 
your uke does ramp with you and right. then everyone everything just gets faster and faster and faster and that's a little easier to call out right because in sensei goes stop ramping yeah <laughs> hopefully it, it, just to give one more example kind of what we're talking about because i mean i think i think this is prevalent in all martial arts all training situations the only exception being uh, the truth of sport meaning that i'm training in a sport and that's all i am training in i'm not making a fantasy that the sport is teaching me about something outside of the right, sport it's right. just the sport right because the sport sports have a rule set and that is the rule set for that sport and so there is no way to trick this right, it just is what it is right. but let's take an example from sports so you know if you study brazilian jiu-jitsu to learn to uh, grapple for self-defense and that's your idea i'm gonna i'm gonna learn self-defense through this brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff okay and so you know you go to class and and they're like okay you got to roll because rolling's you know what grappling's really like quote unquote really like so you roll and then people tell you like well the truth is you got to go do competitions because in competitions the other guy's going to try his absolute hardest so that's going to be really what it's like right? Right, right so then you go to competitions and it's like okay well if you go to competitions you need to try to win because you know that's going to really teach you about this stuff so you got to try and win and then you're like oh okay well so then when I when I win if I want to win so what I should do is I should drop a weight class because if I drop a weight class, well, then that's going to help me fight smaller people and I'll win more often. And so you drop a weight class and then they're like, well, you know what? Uh, we weigh you before you get on the mat. So if you have a lighter gi, then the lighter gi will allow you to drop even another weight class down. So it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get that lighter gi. Next thing you know, you're shopping around for gi lightness, mm -hmm. right? When your original goal was to learn grappling for self-defense. Right, right. And the reason is because you chase this meta thing of like something that is not the actuality of what you want to do. I mean, if you really want to grapple for self-defense, you should just go in the heaviest weight class you can, and that yeah, would be like facing in, monsters all the time. Go in the open <laughs> category yeah. or whatever. Right. And, and, just... and as a guy who had this mindset when I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it quickly gets changed because you realize like, well, I'm never going to have any fun with it because it's like they're just always going to beat me. Right. So I do want to compete at a, at a competitive weight class, you know, and, and you trick yourself by saying, well, I just want it to be fair to see how I am. And then it's like, well, where I can skew it this way, I can skew it this way. So you're always playing to the rule set. And by playing to the rule set, you're not actually playing to the meta of what the rule set's trying to get at, which right. is grappling ability. That's right. really what you're trying to get, you know? And I think the, the problem with like traditional martial arts sometimes is um, we don't even understand what the meta is. Like we don't even understand the, the rule set. So if you take something like, you know, Giowaza versus something like Rondori versus Forms, like I think a lot of people would have a very difficult time discerning the differences between those and, and how they should be acting and reacting in each of those situations. Yep. Yeah. I think the thing we're kind of talking around right now is the concept of rules and what like rules do for us. Because I think like the purpose of, so there's like artificial rules and there's natural rules, mm -hmm. I feel like. And I feel mm -hmm. like natural rules are things like, you know. Gravity. Gravity, exactly. Mm -hmm. Shit like that, right? These are how two bodies interact with each other. Right. You know, the fact that we have um, sensitive areas on the insides of our, you know, like arms and legs and that's where, you know, our blood vessels are and, you know, shit right, like that. Right, right, right. Um, 
veins, I mean. Um, arteries. Arteries, all that shit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sensitive areas. Sensitive areas. Sensitive you know what I mean? areas. But I mean, like, that's a rule of the human body, and that's something that we can use. That's a good knowledge to have when you're thinking about. Sure. Yeah, the arm arts. only functions in these ways. Right. If I can turn it another way, it breaks. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Those are all natural rules. But then there's also artificial rules that we use in training to simulate different things. And this is where different levels of live training come in is we create these artificial situations to point us towards certain skill sets, to teach us to get these skill sets. But the problem is the rules are artificial. Right. And if we get too focused on the training method and we, we spend maybe too much time in that one training method, then we start to think that the artificial rules are natural rules and are unchangeable. Right. And then that leaves us open to being majorly shocked sure, when sure. we get into a situation that doesn't have those rules. We develop bad practice for anything but that practice because right. we're playing to the rule set. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I think I, I've been trying to, I've written out these, this clarification of terms that I'm, I'm trying to really suss out. And I think, I think a big one that I, a big realization I had recently was this idea of setting. And so, you know, um, you have the environment you're in, right? And that environment is full of those rules that Maya was talking about, right? Like gravity, what time of day it is, uh, what the situation's like, you know, is it is it hot and dry? Is it cold and wet? Is it slippery? Is it uh, a real sure-footed situation? Are there people around? Are there not people around? Are there animals that could attack you? Are there cars and vehicles and machinery? Is there dangerous uh, contraptions or, or like dilapidated buildings, you know? So this, so this is the environment and it's, it's the real environment. Well, when we train, we very seldomly train in the natural environment. We train in a setting that's a dojo or a school or a gym or whatever it is you train in. And we, we change the environment to, um, very sure-footed, uh, soft surfaces to train on. So if anyone gets slammed down on the ground, then they don't get hurt as hard as they would if they if they got slammed down on concrete or whatever. Um, we have controlled temperatures, so we can train in winter some or rain. Do. Or some people do. Yeah, some people. Yeah, we don't have it so much. Well, we don't get rain. We get no rain. That's true. Yeah, we have a um, roof. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we can control the visibility. We can control you know all this by having a place where we train. We can set the situation. And then part of setting also is how the people act and react, you know? And so I think when people are trying to say, you know, what would really happen? They're asking, they're talking about an uncontrolled setting, uh, you know, we're somewhere that is uncontrolled. No one is controlling the weather or the light or the anything else, right? And so when, when we're talking about all this stuff, we have to realize one of the things we're always doing in training is creating a setting and that setting needs to be as close to reality as it can be to the actual environment you're going to be in and still afford us some safety precautions, right? So like I, I recently heard a, a guy talking about, you know, he did judo on hardwood floors and now he has to have hip replacement because he took too many hard yeah. hard falls. And he's like, man, I really felt tough and cool. I can take hard falls on the hardwood floor. But he's like, I wish I had trained on a pad and I wouldn't have to have a hip replacement now, you know? Yeah. Because in reality, you don't get thrown 40 times in an hour, right. but, you know, in well, way, way more. Yeah. But in a judo class, you do, you know? Yeah, that um, that's interesting. That that idea of of the the setting and and the way that people need to act and react, and I think it, that changes in Aikido at least. That can change between 
things that we're doing. Right, different kinds of practices. Yeah, yeah. Different practices. And I think that's a problem because I don't think that's clearly enunciated for in most schools for most people to know that what you're doing in uh, Giowaza is different than what you're doing in Rondor. It's different than, you know. And so we had this conversation the other day with one of our students about like, well, okay, so how am I supposed to be doing this? What what am I supposed to be? Right, what's my objective? What's or... the objective, right? right? Um, and I think if you can't, if you can't, if you don't spell that out early, that's when you get into the problems of people without even knowing it a lot of times playing playing to the rules or, right. or, or or trying to skim the game or doing these things that like they wouldn't really be able to do um if it wasn't a controlled if setting. it wasn't a controlled setting right yeah right it's there's something this is something that we talk about so like when you say playing to the rules or trying to you know win the game which is in training what the the point of a drill or a training method is is to get the spirit of the training method and that's going to get you towards the the skills that you're trying to to learn in that thing um but we have this thing especially with kids where like the the purpose of creating a game or a training method is to to see what happens in that and 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 the way that we do that is by making a set of rules and that angles them in the direction that we want them to get into um, and we don't really discuss with the kids, like, here's the spirit of what you're trying to right, get at. Because right. they're kids. They, 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 they just want to play to the rule they set and win. They want to play the rule right, set. Right, right. So, like, it's important that, you know, the teacher, that the, in this case, Chris, really creates a game that angles the kids in the correct direction that he wants them to go. Um, but with adults, there really should be that discussion of what is the spirit of this training right. because they should be. I mean, it's difficult even as adults, but we should be able to stop and think about what am i trying to get from this Mm -hmm. and how can i conduct myself in this game in a way that is uh, appropriate and that i'm not trying to be a little bit too you know play to the rules ish like the kids are you know the kids can't help it i mean there's so much going on for them that that's plenty you know right right but as adults and i think it was great you know that josh and i will have this conversation with the other student because he was wanted that he's like what's the spirit what are we trying to get at but it was surprisingly hard. We were talking about Giowaza in this case. It was surprisingly hard for Josh and I to succinctly state what the spirit of the Giowaza, like how he should be conducting himself. Right. Because Giowaza is really contrived. Right. And finding it, it in a like way... It's like this third thing, you know, because I think people see forms and they're like we understand forms sure and they can see rondori and they can under like uh or like sparring sparring right like, right, like right. you know and they can understand that anything in between it's complicated w- yeah. what is it yeah yeah so you're saying i'm gonna attack the guy but i can't really attack the guy in like the the speed that i would normally attack him right so i have to go slow uh but what does that mean right because then we get into the the whole thing of like Okay, you have to go slow, but it has to be at a steady pace because blah, blah, blah. And right. so it, it just, it gets really kind of convoluted very quickly. So I think there's another, so once we have setting, which we understand is a controlled environment, I think there's two other kinds of things we need to talk about in this. I don't know which one to talk about first, but so there is um, the kind of thing we're doing, right? Okay, now I think the kind of thing we're doing falls into a few forms. Uh, and And I think it's either a... Form, which is 
it should look and do these things, right? So, and ideally a good form would be representative of an ideal action because mm-hmm. it's efficient or powerful or yep. whatever the deal is, right? So you got a form. Then you have what I call a play, and I stole this from Hema. But a play is a series of call and response actions, mm-hmm. right? So I do this, you do that. I do this, you do that. In Aikido, we'd call it kumi Joe, kumi tachi, kumi whatever, right? Sure. So it's, it's call and response kind of things. Okay, then we have an exercise. And an exercise is something where we control all the variables in a situation, but... You just do one thing over and over and over and over and over. And so ideally you would do it um, to to perfect the form of something, right? So say throwing a, uh, a cross in boxing, okay? You get a punching bag and you just throw that cross mm-hmm. a million times. Now all the variables are controlled. We know what we're hitting. It's not moving. We know the situation we're in. You've got no timing variables. No, no other variables are... are present you just you punch the bag right so so you're doing an exercise repeating one action with completely controlled variables to develop the form you want okay then after that you have a drill and a drill in my the way i'm talking about it now is it could be any number of actions a series of actions that we're doing with very controlled variables allowing for only one variable to be open or or a small number of variables to be open. and so what i mean by that is like So say we're saying, hey, we're going to go as um, slow as possible. So we're controlling the timing, the speed of something, but you're going to hit as hard as you can in that. Or we could do the opposite. Mm -hmm. You're going to go as fast as possible, but you're not going to use full power, right? And so we're allowing for variables. You can only go over here. You can only throw these kinds of punches. You can only make these kinds of attacks. You can only make, right? So, So that's a drill. We're doing something where... You're limited in what you can do, but you can vary inside of those limitations, right? So you can only use, you know, um, Aikido strikes and Aikido grabs, right? So you can't bear hug someone. You can't throw jabs. You can't, you know, whatever, right? Um, and then after after that drill, you have what I call a game. And a game is anything where the variables are all open. But you play to a rule set. So we don't control the variables. We don't say you can only go this fast or you can only use this timing. Or you, All we say is, you know, you can't um, punch in the balls. Mm-hmm. You can't pull hair. You can't, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah. we could be as gross as we want or we could go into, you know, as fine as, you know, no rear naked chokes from a back mount or, you know what I mean? But there's a rule set that just allows us to do whatever we want. And I think if you understand all of those things, you can kind of place where it is for people. You know what I mean? So where would, let's say, Geowaza, as we look at it, where would that fall under in your category, in your categories there? Geowaza is a drill, okay. right? Okay, because it's a series of actions. And basically, so look, the name Geowaza actually tells you what it is. Geo means spontaneous and waza means group of techniques. So basically what you should be doing in Geowaza is randomly doing techniques and the randomness is decided by the uke, mm-hmm. right? So like, look, whatever your Aikido forms are, right? Say, so Shomenuchi Ikiomote and, you know, Ski Kodagaish, all this stuff, right? You're doing those forms. So there's nothing different in it, but they're being randomly selected by, by the, the right, uke. Right. And so what's happening in Geowaza is the open variable is what attack you make. And, and we can even yeah, right, we right. can even control that, right? So only grabs, only pushes, right, right. only strikes, right? Um, and so what that's what Geowaza is. Now, in that, and this is the other kind of thing we have to talk about, we have to talk about the kind of players we have. So you got someone just practicing, you've got someone who's the protagonist, and that's the person that either is doing the ideal thing 
or they are the one we're trying to develop in mm -hmm. a practice, right? Then you have the antagonist, and the antagonist's job is to help develop the protagonist, right? So they are to provide the resistance for the protagonist in a way that the protagonist grows right. with that, right? That's the ukenage. Yeah, it's the ukenage. Exactly I mean, right. Yeah. You got it. And that's that, what ukenage is. And, and an important thing to understand here is, you know, if I'm training with someone who's way smaller than me and not as skilled as me, if I'm the antagonist, my job is not to shut them down all the right. time. Right. My job is to find where they're starting to work and let them develop. Right. And so if I was a really good antagonist, I would go, okay, they're a little slower and they don't know as many things. So I'm going to limit my tax and I'm going to put right. them at a speed that they can deal with. So right? this, what you're talking about right now, I think is very important because I think it gets, it sort of gets to the heart of what a lot of people want to know and what they're thinking about this. And it's a very hard thing to do, but how, what should, you know, as UK, how should I be acting? What should I be doing? How far should I press them? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and what you're saying is really good. It's like, no, you're not, you don't want to stop them from doing it. Right. Quite the opposite. Right. Um, you don't want to give them anything necessarily if it's not, and we had this conversation too, you know, like, well, what if, you know, they're doing something in it, in it, they don't have it. Do I just give it to them? And it's like, well, no. Right. <laughs> right. But you don't want to ever be stopping them either, you know? Right. And I think that that's a gray line for a lot of right, people. Right, right. That they can't, especially as you're starting in Aikido, I feel like you cannot for yourself a lot of times tell the, di differentiate those things. Right. Like you, yeah. you can't tell like, w did he do that good? Uh, was it close? Like, you know, as you get better, you can. And I can, I can now go like, hmm she didn't have that technique right right right, right. Um, but a lot of people can't and so they're like well I don't should I be harder less you know right and so I think that begins to uh, to add some problems to it but if you're thinking in the terms like you're talking like as an antagonist your only job is to provide the um, the the force for that technique right. the to resistance happen. necessary for them to grow that's all you need right. to be doing right Right. So. And, you know, like a good example of this would be like, you know, say you're grappling with someone and the person you're grappling with, you're like, I want to help them get better at arm bars. Right. So at first, when they can't see arm bars and don't know they're there, you lock out your arms all the time. You right. put you your just, arm in the most right. possible right. thing. And then when they start to get it, you don't just keep doing that because they're, that's diminishing returns. Right. right. So then you make it a little harder for them and a little harder for them until eventually you're not trying to give them arm bar at all. And they're getting it anyways right. because they've gotten good. And this is what I was talking about the other day. You know, as we're coming in to give the attacks um make them big make them obvious uh feed feed it in a way that is right. obvious to the person so that they know what's happening and they can and feel it then as they begin to develop then you tighten 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 right. tighten that's tighten, right tighten. that's right and then at a certain point they're getting so good that you know you're trying to stop them, but you maybe can't. That's right. Yeah. And and that's what we want. And I think people get upset because they're like, well, in reality, no one's going to do that. And it's like, well, A, we're not in quote unquote reality. We're in a controlled a, setting. Yeah. It's what we're doing this right is, now, we're right? Training. This is training. And the way for them to get best fastest is actually to let them get a foothold and climb a little bit. Yeah. You don't say, hey, you want to be a rock climber? Climb that sheet of glass right now. Right. <laughs> it's not where we start, right? Right. Yeah. Maybe easier because I think techniques are sort of like Aikido. It can be hard to see how that works, but I was just thinking 
thinking about. Oh, it's just like people do in like soccer practice or baseball practices. Like, so the dads, the coach, that's right. the dads, the coaches are not, um, they're not playing to get better at ba- baseball themselves. Right. right. They're, you know, they're, um, rolling balls on the ground so that the kids can practice, you know, ground balls. They're lobbing it over the plate. They're lobbing it. Right. And those ground balls, they're not throwing the ground balls like, you know, 15 feet to the kids left. Right. You know, <laughs> they're, they're rolling the ball, you know, five feet to the kids left. Right. Can he get over there? Oh yeah, he's able to get over there. So I'll, I'll roll it a little farther away. That's how that's he's facilitating the learning. That's right, and not making it about oh, see how hard I made it for you. That's right, or and, and that's himself. the job of the antagonist. You know, right. is, is I'm outlining it. Right and at now. some point, you know that that might happen. Right, it's like there might be a point where you are training with someone who it's like, well, you can go as hard as you can because they are at a level where that's what they need to get to get them. But you're still. Uh, you're still operating at a level where you're not stopping them, like actively working to stop them from doing that. Because you're not you, working against them. You're still right, working with them. Right. Because you could, because we're we're in a controlled situation. Right. So that's right. You know, that's the other thing to remember is that, like, at any given time in this controlled situation, you can you can stop it. You can break it down. Sure. So if you want someone to not do an ikkyo in Giyawaza, you can make that right. happen. Yeah, if we're practicing ski kodagaish and I don't want you to ski kodagaish me, I'll kick you. Right. right. I guarantee you will never ski kodagaish right. me if and you know. This is the I, thing I kick you. You just walk about... the fuck off the map. Sure. And say, yeah. I don't want. Yeah. Later. later. This is what Bye. I was talking about at the very beginning, right? If we're doing the thing with the mugging, and the one guy can just punch the other guy and go, huh, right, right, we're, we're done, and you know the other guy's not expecting that he's ever going to get punched, so of course, right, it's over, you know, right. So I think like keeping keeping that idea in mind is like you're always trying to facilitate something for someone. Right. And, and you know, I think there is one more role and, and that's a combatant and a combatant's trying to win for themselves. Right. So like they don't they're not caring about developing someone else. They're just trying to win right, the right. situation. And so when you have two combatants playing a game, they're both trying to win the game by the rule set for themselves. Now, understand that's still not quote unquote reality because it's still a controlled setting that we're playing to a rule right. set. Right. So so yeah. you're not going to get an uncontrolled setting in a controlled setting. You're never going right. to get that. So uh, in using your terms, uh, Rondori, what we describe or use as Rondori would be combatant. It would be a game and you're combatants. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference to me between Rondori and Giawaza is Giawaza is a drill with a protagonist and antagonists, Mm -hmm. quite possibly. Rondori is a... A situation where we're playing a game, there are win criteria for both sides, and they're both combatants, right? Now, the side in Aikido that we're most interested in getting good at is, of course, the, the, the defending person. But the other people should also be trying to get good at being combatants on the other side because right. the better they get, the better they will make our uh, right. nage right. is what right. we call in Aikido. But right, like the person that right. we're most interested right. in, right? And you also get better if understanding how to attack makes you better at, at dealing with those attacks. That's like, exactly yeah. right. So, I mean, I think, I think like, you know, in this little definition of terms we kind of gave here, you can start to see all the little pieces that you've got to account for when you're trying to train something because training is a meta experience of what right. we actually want, you know? I feel like just even like talking about it like this would be so, so much more helpful to people just to lay it out. Like here, here is what you're doing instead of just like, here's a thing we do sometimes in class. Here's a thing we do sometimes in class. Uh, okay, 
but there's and and not having any real discussion about like well what is what am i what is my end goal out of this like how what how is a form for me studying what am i getting different out of a form than i am out of Giawaza? right right is it just that Giawaza is in in motion now is that the only right then why is that different than kino nagai right am all i learning is how to move with another person right so and then taking that to the next level and talking about, you know, uh, a game and combatants and whatever, then we can clearly see that, like, what you're doing in Giawatha is not Rondori, even right. if it's at a crazy, fast, you know, whatever level, it, they're not the same thing. That's right. That's right. And I think it's and important, too, for people to understand that playing a game is also playing a game. It's not, it's not the same. You know, I think a lot of people think sparring, which is a kind of game is the same as fighting someone on the street. Right, right. And it's not. And you can gain lots of skills in sparring that are applicable outside in an uncontrolled setting, but it's still not an uncontrolled setting. And so we've got to always make that concession and realize that's what's happening. And it's happening for a good reason because we don't want to break each other and hurt each other and we want to be able to train for a long time. Even if you're, quote unquote, sparring with someone you've never met, in an, you know, in your like backyard or a street, or you decide we're gonna we're gonna spar, fight club, right? Fight club, whatever. Like it's still a controlled setting. That's because exactly right. You agreed to meet here. You knew that it was happening. That's right. Or even if you agree, there's a the rule moment, set. There's because, a rule set. Yep. Like there are things that you will not be willing to do, or they'll not be willing to do to you because you agreed to be there, and. It, it's it's still different from right. uh, a mugger jumps out of the bushes at you right, or whatever. Right, right. I mean, I think an important thing to understand, and this is kind of where we get lost a lot, is like there's social things that we do with each other that seem a lot like um, uncontrolled settings, right? So like, you know, to prove your worth, you, you know, enter the octagon, you, you know, you <laughs> meet on the arena, you know what I mean? But like, you're still playing to a, a, a rule set because you, you'll see like kids fight in the playground and one kid go, no fair, he pulled my hair, you know, that's bitch shit. Like, that's not what you do. And it's like, the reason they said that is because it's like, well, yeah, pulling your hair is outside of what we want to find out, which is who's faster and stronger. Right, right. And so pulling a hair is just taking advantage of a weakness that you both have. So you could both pull each other's hair, but you don't want to pull hair right, because this isn't the hair pulling. That's game. right. That's not the hair pulling game, right? right. But but because that would be a game I'd be into, by the way. <laughs> think about that as a game. Whatever, think Josh. About, think about no no no. Think about that as a game for a second. To be like, just Dude, think about it and give. Yeah. Look on the internet. I guarantee it exists because I saw a game the other day where people put bands of. Uh, string around each other's ears. Oh yeah, and they pull. As, and I was like, "This is a fucking game." Oh my for god, real? this There's is a game. The slap, slap, uh, slap, slap. Oh, club. slapping each other slap, in the fucking yeah. face. If game? you want to yeah, see the hair pulling game, so. see like any two chicks that's fight. Like true, that is. <laughs> anyway, but Sorry, but, it's, it, but it's like, you know, there's all these unspoken rules when we're talking about, I used to call it bravado fighting, but it's like, we're fighting to prove like right. my courage and my strength, right? We're not, we're not fighting for a reason. Like I need bread today because if I need bread today and I don't have any bread today, I might stab you, right? right? Because I need bread today. And so I don't care what rules. If you're, if someone popped out and said, Hey, unfair, you stabbed me. Like, I got fucking bread, right? <laughs> right. Whatever. Let's get this bread. Yeah, got this bread, fool. Like <laughs> literal, literal bread. Yeah, literal bread. I don't. Yeah, I didn't mean White money. Bread. I mean, potato yeah. bread. I mean, potato Jean, bread. Jean Valjean stuff. Right. Uh, does it seem like Aikido is um, like 
more complicated in this way than other uh, martial arts because of because we have so many different types of things that we do in ways that we try to talk about training. I mean, I think yes and no. I mean, I think I think a lot of martial arts share this thing. And I think any time a martial arts really interested in developing a high level of skill uh, from the, the top down instead of from the bottom up, right? So, like, you know, if you want to get good at boxing, you start by, like, doing your best to hit a heavy bag, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then you hit a speed bag. And then you condition your body. And then you start to do, like, light sparring with people. And then you you have matches, you know? So, so, so that's it, bottom up. Right, it's bottom up. And so it's like you start with the grossest thing and you try to refine yourself as high as you can. But when you go top down, what happens is you go, what would it be like if I had the greatest amount of skill? So when we do that, we have to control all the variables so much that you can do the one thing that comes off awesome. And then we go, okay, now what if it's a little less controlled? Mm-hmm. What if it's a little less controlled? So Aikido goes top down. So we go like, man, if I could get the timing exactly right with the right person in the right mindset and they ran at me, I could duck down and they would fly through right, the air. I could disappear. So we yeah. start with that. That's what we start with. We show a form and a form is an ideal variation of what would happen and what would possibly happen. And then as we get better, we take controls off, right? So instead of going from the... The, the tightest controlled grossness up to the least controlled, we kind of go the other way, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, I mean, I guess both the controls are the same, but it's it's where you're making those yeah, controls, yeah, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it, it sounds like they're both doing the same thing, but from boxing, it's a simple skill. Right. That you're adding on simple stuff. Simple to com- complicate. Right. Right. Yes. Exactly. And Aikido, it's, to... let me do this crazy train of things because uh, like a lot of the forms are like, you know, five or six steps to get to the thing. Right. Which is why a lot of people want to do something like, you know, uh, there's a lot of martial arts like this. Aikido is not alone. But because it's like I get to look cool kind of right away. When I learn, right. a, learn a form or a kata, I, I look cool right away. I can already do that stuff. Whereas in boxing, it's like oh, I've been punching the bag for six months right. and I still right. kind of suck. Right. You know? And to an untrained eye, a shitty punch looks not that different from a good punch. That's right. And so they're like, what? Okay, you, you hit things. Cool. Right. right. And because it's never landing, it doesn't even matter anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. What do you get to show for? Oh, I can cover. Right, right. right. No. That's that's exactly what happens in boxing. Or I yeah. could go to the Aikido dojo and be flipping right. people. Right, exactly. Break yeah. your wrist. Week two, I'm flipping fools. Right, yeah. Like, and so it's it's just kind of where you put the focus, I think. You know, and I think a lot of martial arts. You know, I, I I'm really realizing more and more in life how influential movies and television are on us. Yes. In this country, anyways, and it's like we want to be the guy in the movie, and that's the first thing we want. We don't. We don't want to actualize that after a long time of getting ready for it. We just want to go into some place and have the experience. And in a martial arts school, you can. You, right. you immensely go in. They give you a uniform. People get excited. They put a belt around your waist. You sit in this place and a cool guy comes out and he says some weird shit. And then you get to start practicing right away. And, I mean, if you're at all athletic, you can do the things day one, you know. Which in some ways, that's awesome. Sure. Because I'm thinking about it now of like um, not like – like, of it not actually be training, like, uh, for me to get anything out of it other than the experience of going and doing that thing. Like, uh, like kind of almost as like just a straight up cosplay of like going in and hanging out, like whatever. And I'm like, damn, that actually sounds like it would be a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, just get my bunch of my friends, go to a martial art, you know? Yeah. I think the confusing thing is for people is when they, it's a mixture of the two. Like they do kind of want to cosplay and just be like, show up and be cool. But some part of them also is concerned about yes. like actual yes. conflict. 
And when they get the first thing and that first exciting feeling fades and then they are doing stuff and they realize like, oh, what have I actually learned? Can I actually defend myself against anyone? I don't know. And then they right. feel like, what the fuck am I even doing this for? Yeah. I mean, I was a black belt when I started having that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. how, how do I actually do this? I, right. w- I want to actually do this stuff, you know? And, you know, 15 years later, oh, I could kind of do some of it, you know? And, right. and then another six years after that, it's like, well, all right, I feel like I'm getting a handle on it. I heard this interview with Ed O'Neill, you know, and he's a, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh-huh. whatever. And so they were like asking, they did the whole like, so you could kick anyone's ass, like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I don't know. Like, you know, he was like, uh, I, I actually, I don't, I have no clue, you know? Right. Which to me was like such a, like, I feel like anyone who actually does martial arts, that's the, that's the only answer you have. Yeah. Right. Like, even if you've done stuff, like, especially if you haven't done like competition, but even when you've done competition, in the way that they were asking it, it's like, no, he has no clue how his skill in this one thing is going to stack up against whoever randomly they throw it you know right right yeah i mean i feel like this that's um i don't know what the saying is but like the wise man knows that he knows nothing Mm -hmm. you know yeah like and so it always like uh i don't know i always narrow my eyes when i hear of a martial arts person who steps forth with i have all these black belts and i blah 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 here's all my experience it makes me really feel like you're trying to tell me that you could kick anyone's ass and you really think you can and it's like no experience in martial arts means that you realize shit's wild. Oh like, yeah, man, it's a wild world. It's crazy you out never there. Know. I never, never know. know. Like the more I learn, the less I realize I know. That's right. And I think some of this gets back to that whole thing of like, um, and we've talked about it before of like the martial art kind of just being what it is, and and being okay with it being what it is. Right. Right. Um, That's and, exactly and, right. And and so then if you look at it that like then like that then it's like well then the training also is what it is and you should be okay with it doing what it does so for instance like you're not doing anything more in geowaza than what it says right. you were doing and if you're trying to fi- get something more out of it you're not doing it correctly right and i right. think a lot of people that's it like when they do geo and it's probably the same with like rolling you know i think you have the people who come in and it's like every match every time they roll it's like they're in a you know, death up, match. Yeah, like yeah. whatever. Right. So there's probably a lot of that same thing where it's like you show up and you want to make it this, but it's like no, 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 no. You're just having this interaction right. for this limited right. amount of time with a person. That's it. Enjoy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you know we always want a little more, and I think you know when you're doing traditional martial arts, it's kind of like, well, I'm doing all this stuff and it's super awesome and I love it, but I expect that it's making me the toughest guy ever. You know what I mean? And uh, sport martial arts are are more perfected in my opinion in that because you are getting good at the sport you're playing but then those guys also always want to go well yeah but now i could beat up anyone because i i know the sport you know and it's like um dude if we threw you in the middle of yugoslavia right now you would not last long i don't care how much training you've had in any sport on earth you know what i mean you're gonna get shot in moments you know Yugoslavia. And Yugoslavia is sitting in for whoever yeah, place. Yeah, whatever place, whatever place. Yeah. <laughs> that was just I don't the first thing. I don't know why, yeah. Yugoslavia is probably, we probably have some listeners it's, from Yugoslavia. It's probably great in Yugoslavia. I'm sorry, Yugoslavia, yeah. that I picked on you. But but whatever there crazy. There are places uh, in the world yeah. where yeah. things are dangerous. Some parts of uh, the United States, sure. quite frankly. You, yeah, I could think know. of some parts of the town I live in yeah. that uh, <laughs> if, if I threw you in late right. at night, you right. wouldn't do right. so well. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think with with the thing with Aikido training methods is the way that people learn how to do Jiyawaza is just this trial and error thing of you do it, you try and copy how other people do it, and then your teacher goes, no, that's not in the spirit of Jiyawaza. Right. Stop no. doing that. And like... <laughs> That's they, yell a way... you, they yell things at you. Yeah. Yes. No, stop doing that. Oh, you're you're being a bad attacker. Blah, I, blah, blah. I do that. Yeah. Well, and so I think there's a place for just saying, no, stop doing that. Because you can't always get into the nitty gritty, right? But if that's all there ever is, all you're getting is people who can replicate Jiwaza. Right. Which is maybe, you know, artistically, if that's what Aikido is working towards, then okay. But if people want something, if they do want something like that is applicable to a larger practice or to something quote unquote martial than like doing Jiwaza and understanding what skills you're getting out of it. Right. You know? And so it's like, but I think that's across the board. I mean, that's yeah, not just yeah. with Jiwaza. No, yeah. I'm just using for it as an Aikido, example. That's everything. Yeah. Yes. You know, we don't know what skills we're getting out of anything <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Kimmy, I think... what are you getting out of that? You tell me like, I don't, I mean, right. I think it should <laughs> you know? be like, like, <laughs> Like, it shouldn't be that difficult to, like, you know, talk about no, what right, are we right, getting right, out of you, right, you know? Right. Like, what what are what are we training here, you know? Are we, one of the things is self-control. Can I keep myself at the, the pace we're, the going, pace at, we're right. going? Like, that's a huge fucking thing. Can I stay present, you know? Can I not ramp because my body wants to do something else than what I want right, to do? Right. It's a really mild way to start to deal with unknown situations. Like, it's a real mellow way, you know, yeah, like where, yeah. where you know, forms, there's really nothing unknown, you know, like, especially right. once you've done it a couple of times. But Jiwaz is like, eh, there, there's some different things happening, you know, and, and I think some people juggling skills when you're doing multiples, that right. can be good, you know, where should I be in relationship to these people, you know, like. Can I see opportunities sure. you know, for Aikido techniques and take them, sure. you know. But does doing it mean that you're ready to go out and fight a gang of thugs? <laughs> uh, you're not. You're, you're no, in no way ready for that, you know. Right. But if we always talk about just you're not do you're not doing in the spirit of Jiwaza without saying what the spirit right. of Jiwaza right. is, right. then like we're missing a right. piece. And I think it's it's really hard to sort out. You know, like I've been doing this stuff for a long time, and and you know those that clarification in terms I gave you that's something very new to me that I'm yeah. working with because it's like I want to be able to make clear to people what we're talking and about. And I think it works at least for me. Like I feel like the what the way that we talked about it today and like. I have my own ideas about it before this, like whatever. But the way that we talked about it today really helped to clarify a lot of things for me. Right. And really helped me now to be able to go back and go like, okay, no, look, this, this is, these are the things that we're doing and how we're, you know. Right, so. right. This is what your role is. And, right, and this is what your role is. And this is how, yeah. in this role, this is how you should be uh, acting, you know. Right, right. Yeah. I think having the term, especially for me, like understanding I'm an antagonist in this mm -hmm. versus I am um, a whatever, combatant, combatant or, right? Mm -hmm. Like understanding for me what the difference is kind of will help to, you know, really maximize my training partner's learning and maximize my learning. Right, for sure. Because if I know that I'm antagonist, then I can just go, okay, chill out. I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying yeah. to challenge them. Or I'm make thinking it right about a bunch of drills right now and I'm like... I'm probably combating on all these. <laughs> Maybe I don't need to be. Right. I mean, I think that's a real thing to realize, you know, like I think we, we really get into like, especially if it's fun, it's like, oh, I want to win this. Right. And right. it's like, well, winning isn't 
helping the other person right now, you know? But like you said, I mean, at a certain level, when they get really good, you do need to learn to try and win because that's the way you'd push them further, you know? Right. I think this was really good. Yeah, this is, I hope uh, it was as informative for other people as it was for me because I feel like it really did, like, things started clicking for me. At least, so hopefully, some I would like to hear how our listeners perceive generally when we cover a topic because I feel like maybe the first 15 20 minutes is just gobbledygook. Like, I'm like, (laughs) fuck, man, we just just throwing (laughs) shit around and talking about all kinds of stuff. And then, like, usually by about the size is really nice, about 40 minutes in, it's like, oh, start start being able to see what's going on. In the last five minutes, everything good, and then it's done. Yep. And then we spend 15 minutes talking about our patrons. It's like one of those cooking episodes where you're like, oh, man, it's a mess. They're not going to make right, it. Right. And then, I tricked. And then why did last... Bob Ross put that, that glob <laughs> yes. right there? Yeah. This is and then they why... turn it into a happy this, little yeah. tree. That's this right. is why people probably it. like it because they listen to the first part and they're like, these the fuckers fuck don't know these shit. people even talking about? <laughs> How is it possible every week that they make coherent thoughts? Because... This was me in school every single time with everything. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes before, pulls it together. That's the way to There do it. it is. So let's go ahead and thank our patrons who make it possible for us to do this on an emotional, financial <laughs> level. Like emotional. Spiritual, physical. Yeah. I do feel like emotion, like it, a <laughs> lot of you. the reason I would like to do this is because I know that there are people out there that are having a good time with it. Yeah. Good. So We love that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much to William Glenn Hunt, Spain Abney, Logan Jet Certified Heinrichs. Right. Uh, he is jet, right. certified. He is jet Certified. He is Jet Certified. <laughs> uh, Adam Nicholson, Matt Whalen, The Dirt Wasp Podcast, Chris Comouth, Jeremy More Cookie Than Monster Hiker. You know what? 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 I don't know how many of those there was, but those were all written out. That was that's. You know what? You, See, you this know is what? what I'm talking about. You know what? This right you here, I will go home. I will go after this, and I will be so happy, like oh. joyous, for the next however long because of this. We're all. I'm smiling. gonna be falling asleep and then just start laughing. Yes, you, know face you know what? Hurt. You, you know, know what? what? You know what? Uh, Brad B. Yarrow, same to you, Madrona. <laughs> same to you, buddy. Uh, yeah, that's beautiful. I don't know if I should read this as ampersand or and sign, but oh. it's just literally just the and sign. Uh, Brooke okay. Ferragamo, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Tommy Siv, Francis Cordon, Scott changed it weeks ago but didn't check it had saved. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's like, I was ahead of this, guys, but he's I just like, said, I don't know what right happened. on, and then they keep, <laughs> they keep saying my normal name. What's going on? No, I think that was, um, he was the... Yeah, the, the Christmas the thing. Christmas oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, and that's so, right. So, they, yeah, and you had said, right. like, hey, we need to We're change it there, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Ocon Ayrton, Randy Stewart, Hillary Jones, Constantinos, Andrew, friends, sometimes I pay attention, yes, Martinson, Yuli yeah. Simku, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Acido, Matt Mumford, Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna. Friends, are you paying attention right now? Right. He's like, someone's calling my name. (laughs) 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 I picture him asleep in bed and he opens his eyes. Hey, um, we didn't get any tips of the week from people, huh? No. No one sent any tips. You guys, they're falling down. They're falling down? I See, I I I said all this great stuff about how I love these, and then they can't even... 
do the wow. nice thing. How fickle you are. A second ago, he's like, oh, I love these people. They give I'm me spiritual kidding. inspiration. Now he's like, these bitches. <laughs> they can't even remember that. Josh, tip of the week. He's, he's up and down. He's a fickle I'm, one. I'm hot and cold. That's how it is. Uh, so do we have a tip of the week? Yeah, I thought of one earlier. It was related to, like understanding what the training method you're doing is Mm -hmm. trying to get at and being in the spirit of that and if you don't know sit down and go well like what skills like because the answer is what skills do i get out of this what is this you know from the level of like just the skill of being able to keep yourself from doing what you want to do because a lot of the drills are you know you can tell the future and you can jump to the end or but the way to keep yourself from to get what you need is to keep yourself from just jumping to the end of the drill mm, and doing mm. every step correctly. Mm-hmm. So there's the skill of self-control or whatever else the drill is actually trying sure. to teach you. Yeah. Um, and I think that keeping that as much as you can in your head as you do it will make the drill mm-hmm. more fruitful. Yeah, And, yeah. and I think to... that's on both sides as both the protagonist and the antagonist. Huh. Yes. Um, keeping in mind, like, yeah, what, you know... As the antagonist, what what is my role? What am I doing? How am I helping to facilitate this other person? Because that's that's what we're doing. And if you're finding that you're just like, well, I'm get I'm is all about me, then maybe just think about that a little more. Yeah, it's not always about you. <laughs> cool. This is a good one. I'm glad that we. This was one of those that like was a surprise, a little surprise here, yeah, a little surprise. Uh, but came out really well. I like when that happens. Good job, guys. When it's just like spontaneous, like, ooh, ooh yeah. saucy. I feel like we're three proud chefs, and we just made That's a delicious right. souffle. That's right. <laughs> you think anyone's still listening? <laughs> no. Nah, yeah, they definitely not. Yeah? Yes. Right. I think there are some people, and next time, one of them in the end of in the thing will change their thing so they can prove that they were listening to the very last moment. See, Josh, Josh is always making asks. I know. Another ask. Yeah. Anyway. He's getting drunk with power. Do you guys really like me?